0: Welcome to the Blended Kingdom Families podcast. We are your hosts, Scott and Vanessa Martindale, the founders of Blended Kingdom Families.
1: Our ministry serves to equip marriages, unite families and ignite faith so that you can flourish an abundant kingdom life. We pray that our podcast blesses you today.
0: Hey guys, Scott and Vanessa Martindale here with Blended Kingdom Families. At BKF, we believe now is the time to change the modern day interpretation of the blended family.
1: Absolutely, you guys. As a blended family ourselves, God laid it on our hearts to build a ministry that helps support blended families by equipping your marriage, uniting the family unit, and igniting your faith. Our mission is that you would be touched by God and experience His goodness through this ministry, that your family would have practical skills, resources, and tools to help you live that abundant blended life.
0: Hey guys, welcome. Scott and Vanessa Martindale here with Blended Kingdom Families and we have some amazing people with us. Chris and Stacey Hatchett, pastors at the Hills Church here in Southlake and we are so excited to have you. So excited.
1: Thank Thanks. you. We're very excited excited to, to be here. here. Yes. Yeah. So just a little bit about Chris and Stacy. So Stacy is a second grade teacher. God bless you in that. Stacy. <laughs> yeah, I am. I love it, but not right now. Yeah. I bet that is, is so much fun. And then Chris, you've been a campus pastor at the Hills for 28 years. Mm-hmm. That is incredible. That is incredible. Um, together, they have been married 32 years. You guys, we have a lot of wisdom a lot. How, of were stuff you, to how old in. were
0: y'all when y'all got married? We 21. were babies. <laughs> I just, you guys don't look, we, y'all are so young. Awesome. Oh, you.
1: They have three kids and three grandchildren and together they do premarital counseling and marriage counseling at their church.
0: It's just amazing the story you guys have. And I, I love that we share a good common bond with, uh, Abilene Christian and, and all the things that you guys do, uh, we're really going to dive into marriage counseling today because I I am, as a counselor, I'm a, obviously a proponent of marriage counseling, but I know a lot of people who watch our show and who are in marriage may look at marriage counseling like it's um, it's taboo or it's the beginning of the end or I don't want to go do my problems. So uh, obviously in our ministry, we we support and promote healthy marriages um, as, as a relation to the blended family, uh, as a relation to uh, breaking the cycle of divorce. We want marriages to be healthy. Mm -hmm. And so we're really going to lean on you guys to give us some great nuggets, wisdom when it comes to marriage counseling, and obviously your experience over 32 years of marriage. Great. So
2: hope we can do that.
0: First, first item is, is I want to just dive in is what do you think is the biggest misconceptions of marriage counseling or marriage?
2: For marriage, I would probably say, um, I have to admit I am a, um, I have, I'm a softie for a good love story. So I love a good, uh, romantic novel and movie. And yet I realized when I had read several, probably hundred of these, I realized this, um, the pattern that always happens that you have this couple and you know, are they gonna to get together, are they not? And then they fall in love. And about the time that they fall in love and get married or say they're gonna get married, the story's over. And that just kind of leads you to this mm-hmm. idea that, well, now it's all easy. And so you found the right person and everything else is gonna be easy. But then you get married and you think, I found the right person, this is supposed to be easy. And then all of a sudden it's not. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think then a lot of people think, then I marry the wrong person
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and
2: not, now I've got to get hard at work. Yeah. And so I think that's kind of a point where, where there's a misconception of marriage should be easy when in fact
3: the yeah. work part of marriage is hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And as it gets hard, then we tend to think that we've chosen the wrong one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or if we were truly in love, it wouldn't be work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, That's why so often we think we hit roadblocks.
0: Yeah, Well, and I know in in so many people go into marriage with that idea that the decision is a feeling and and there are feelings behind that, mm -hmm. but it's so much of a choice and it's a consistent choice daily to continue to work through that. And so uh, I, I know that I've seen couples that have said, You know, once it gets hard, you're right. I must have married the wrong person. Mm -hmm. Uh, Aside from, you know, just making the choice to continue to work on your marriage. Mm
3: -hmm. What was that Matt Walsh quote that you're not the one?
2: I didn't marry you because you're the one. You're the one because I married you. Yeah. And it's just that little bit of a shift that once I pick you, you're the one. Uh, you are the one. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and it begins to be a mindset mm-hmm. and a determination. And that's really what we said a lot of times. The o- Truly, the only reason that we are still married is because we committed to the Lord. Because if I was going to do it just on how I felt about him all the time, one of us would have <laughs> begged out at one point, you know, when Get it out got out hard, we would have been like, I'm out, you know. Yeah.
3: We probably didn't verbally say it, but we've thought before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I didn't promise God, I was not leaving. I'd be out of here. Yeah, right. but it's that vow that you make before the Lord that uh, we dug into. It's so good.
0: I always, when Vanessa and I get in, I'm like, "You remember you chose me." Like, <laughs> like just remember that. And she's you know? like, "I
1: don't remember exactly why that was, but all right, we'll go with that." <laughs> we always talk about it being a boat, like we're on this ship together, and if it's going down, sinking, we're going down to sinking yeah. together. Mm-hmm. So, right. Mm-hmm. You know.
0: As couples, I know that when they do experience conflict, which we all know they do. Every couple, whether it be uh, blended families, obviously have a little bit more um, in terms of um, what they're bringing into the marriage um, or marriages alone with children. Mm -hmm. But they're still hesitant to go seek counseling. Mm -hmm. And um, and we're a big proponents of healthy counseling. Mm -hmm. Um, Even Vanessa and I, we go see a counselor. You know, when we feel like our season's getting rough or we need a little bit of, uh, you know, priming, we Mm -hmm. go see our counselor. Mm -hmm. But why do you feel Counseling is effective. Why Why should couples do this? Mm-hmm.
3: You know for us it was about seven years into our marriage that we We knew we weren't going to get a divorce But we were at a point where we just said it's got to be better than this mm. Stacy used that terminology we were stuck in these same ruts over mm. and over again And it was so effective for us because we didn't wait to the end point of our marriage to go mm-hmm. that's one of the things we find where we we were talking earlier about the reluctance for counseling. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you get your oil changed in your car. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You go to the dentist and get your teeth cleaned. Yep. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, we think when we say, I do, that's just going to maintain itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we use the term, as you say, y'all go to counseling. We use the term, we need checkups yeah. periodically. And so we would always recommend, man, do something for your marriage annually whether it's a seminar, whether it's going and talking to a counselor, Mm -hmm. do something to invest in your marriage. Don't wait until you're at the end of your rope. And as a last ditch effort, you know, that's what we see so often. Typically the wife has tried to go to counseling, husband drags his feet. Mm -hmm. Then finally she says, you know what? I'm done. He goes, well, let's go to counseling. Mm -hmm. Well, then you've been in such a rut that you can't get fixed the way that it should be if you were doing it all along. And so- We just always recommend: don't wait until it's too late. Yeah, talk to somebody, whether it's a lay counselor, pastor, whether it is licensed counseling, because yeah. so we always say we're not licensed counselors,
0: yeah.
3: mm. uh, but we'll walk through anything yeah. with anybody.
0: When you were telling that story, I, I was my mind took me to: Have you ever watched the Barrett Jackson, the, the 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 car auction when no. they go? They go and they sell all these. Amazing, beautiful cars like the '57 Chevys and the '63 Corvettes, and you look at them and they're just beautiful. And you think well, they didn't they didn't stay that way because nobody paid attention to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They don't look that way because somebody didn't pay close attention. Same way with a marriage. Mm-hmm. Marriage that's lasted 40, 50 years has been groomed. Right. It's been um, you know looked after, taken care of, mm-hmm. uh, cared for. Well, and
2: if you decide we're in this for the long haul, we're going down in the ship together, don't you want it to be better? Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, we just kind of got to the point where we were like, we could do this and this be terrible for however many years we decide to stick into this, or we could do some work at the beginning and make this so much better. Yeah. And man, that has paid off in these years since then. Mm -hmm. And there's been times where we'll hit a rough patch and we're like, all right, we need to go in for a tune up. We need to go Mm -hmm. in and have someone else sit down with us and kind of you know, tell us how we're doing, give us feedback, see where mm-hmm. we need to go. And it's so much easier when you're, when you're at an easier place mm-hmm. and you haven't waited so long that mm-hmm. your heart feels completely hardened. Mm-hmm. Cause that your marriage season. is a
3: moving target yeah. too, yeah. Mm-hmm. right? Changes. You, yeah. you add kids to it. You had, you know, just different stressors. Yeah. The last time we went, I had a medical diagnosis a few years ago mm-hmm. that just sent us in a tailspin mm-hmm. and we went in at that point. Cause yeah. it was, a different shift in our marriage. And yeah. so anytime, I always say all the time when things are great, I just hope they're always going to stay there. Yeah. And then a couple, you know, one week we're finishing each other's sentences. We're so close. Yeah. And the next week I'm like, who are you? And <laughs> why did I marry you? And you're just like, can it be easier Yeah. Uh, than this? But that's what keeps it exciting and fresh too. Yeah.
1: Well, and I think too, especially when it comes to empty nesting, a lot of people, you know, will they, they don't do any of the maintaining or right. the checkups, you know, until it gets to the end, until there like needs to be a repair, mm-hmm. so to speak. But um, you know, the thing with with our kids is they're going to grow up one day, they're going to move out of the house, praise the Lord, <laughs> and um, and you're stuck. You're it's you and your spouse, right. and if you mm-hmm. haven't maintained and nurtured and. Have done things along the way to grow your marriage, then that's where you get in the position of, you know, the really hardened heart, like you were talking about, Stacy, and you know, it's 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 a lot tougher. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, and kids distract us in some ways, mm-hmm. distract us from, you know, sure. the day, uh, and then it's you know, you basically just look at it like, well, I just got to get through that couple of hours in the evening before I go to sleep, and then I can be distracted again. Yeah. Uh, so it's just that. That time from like eight to 10 o'clock at night, you're like, okay, do we talk? Do we watch TV? Um, But those kids distract us. Um, Well, and one of the things that you guys uh, kind of communicated to us, and through some information y'all provided, some great nuggets of information, because we love and promote marriage counseling, but I think there's also just a learning process um, that we need to go through in terms of learning to be married. one of the things that, that I always think about is, is you were never really taught how to be married. <laughs> uh, you know, God created marriage and, and that is an amazing thing, but, uh, there's a lot of instruction that goes into that. It's not, it's not just an, I do and I will, mm-hmm. it's a, I do and I will learn. <laughs> right. So one of the things that you guys talked to us about was, um, just some best practices. Uh, and one of the questions I have is marriage is going to have conflict. Mm-hmm. What are the best and worst times practically to have conflict conversations?
3: Mm. One of the best pieces of advice we got for our marriage in counseling was what we call the 15 minute rule. And so if you think about four times a day that a lot of conflict happens and Mm. a lot of what we'll talk about stereotypical. So we know there's exceptions, Mm. but stereotypically four times a day that there's take these 15 minute blocks Mm-hmm. And make them what we call no new information zones. Love that. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. the 15 minutes when you first wake up, the 15 minutes before you leave each other for the day, mm-hmm. 15 minutes when you come back at the end of the day, and then 15 minutes before you go to bed. Mm-hmm. You protect those times. And for us, there were some that were more important than others.
2: Right. You know, for us, our conflict tended to be at night when, mm. especially when our kids were little and, you know, you're doing all of that. And then by that the time two hours that yeah. you're talking, right, about. then you get ready to go to bed and you paid the bills or whatever. And that's when you start bringing up all of this stuff that you've been thinking about. And so mm-hmm. that for us tended to be one of the more stressful times. And as he always said, he had one question he wanted to ask before he went to bed. And if that didn't go well, that was going to start the conflict too. Mm -hmm. We'll come back to that. But um, there was an example of um, one morning I I teach school, we talked about, and so the kids were going to school with me, but it's important that I show up to school on time to get there before my kids. So I'm trying to get all the kids in the car, and it's one of those mornings where things aren't going our direction. And child, you know, one can't find their shoes, and number mm-hmm. 2 doesn't, have, you know, that it was one of those mornings. And so I am downstairs, obviously stressed. My voice is starting to, you know, go, and I'm like, "Let's go get the, you know, this that." <laughs> well he's sitting over at the table just eating breakfast, just like the world is not crumbling around (laughs) him, which it was. And I was so frustrated in that moment. I mean, what I really wanted to do was like, you know, thump him on the head or something or, or say, Hey, get up and help me out. But I was so frustrated that I knew that wasn't going to come out very loving. And we had practiced this at this point for years. So In that moment, I always say the Holy Spirit just kind of closed my mouth because I managed to get out of the house and not say anything. We get to school, we get going, the day goes much better. At the end of the day, I said to him, he called me at the end and said, hey, you know, how was your day? And we start talking and I said, hey, I'd like for us to find a few minutes tonight to talk about something. And he said, before you say that, I need to apologize to you. I realized this morning when everything was happening, Mm -hmm. I should have stepped in and helped you out. Mm -hmm. Well, that was the end of it. I said, thank you. It was frustrating for me. That was the end. There was no, I said what I needed to say. He apologized. There was no big blow up. Had I in that moment Mm -hmm. said, Hey, can you help me out? Or it would have come out with a lot of tension Mm -hmm. and stress. He would have responded, but then it would have been a little ticky tacky. Mm -hmm. Well then we leave.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
2: And then we come back and we're like, Are you still mad at me? Are you mad? And so Who what happens. Yeah. What happens is the, the reason that those times of the day should be protected is because it tends to extend into other times mm. of the day. Yeah. So if you That's just right. kind of wait, when he would come home from work and I would attack him with all my problems, he's instantly on the defense. Yeah. Yeah. So if we just find better times in the day to bring those up, it's so much more helpful. We realize so don't bring it up, just pick better
3: times. Mm. And we realized it even on phone conversations. You know, I'd call and immediately launch into, I got a ticket. Mm-hmm. And she so she buys in that stress immediately. Mm-hmm. So we've even changed how we'll talk on the phone. If yeah. something's gone on for her during the day and she calls me, Hey, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. Good. I'm great. How are you doing? Good. Has it been 15 minutes yet? <laughs> and just by her saying that, yeah. I can take a deep breath and go, Okay, what do you need to talk about? Yeah, And it just it alleviates some of that tension that was there. So good.
0: No, I love that. And I, and I think even, you know, one step further is, you know, with technology and, and you know, the concept of how we communicate mm. with our spouses. Yeah. Uh, I know Vanessa and I really don't text very much to each other, Mm-mm. especially not important stuff. Or, right. you know, we don't tell each other stuff through text. Like only this Only DoorDash codes. Yeah, only DoorDash codes. Um,
1: <laughs> What's the code?
0: <laughs> um, so we'll, we'll try to have those conversations either in person right. or uh, and not even really on the phone that much. We don't talk on the phone yeah. that much. Yeah, so um, smart. But just kind of, you know, again, making sure we're purposeful in our conversations. Right. But I love that idea. Uh, when you had mentioned good. the timeouts, mm-hmm. I was like, that's brilliant. <laughs> it was really well the, was for, us,
3: for us it was life changing yeah. and wow. especially as she said before bed cuz so much of our our arguments would happen before bed mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and a lot of them were as she alluded to sexual in nature mm-hmm. cuz i had hopes and mm-hmm. she was worn out from <laughs> taking care of the kids yeah. and everything else and you know, it doesn't go the way I want. Well, yeah. I'm a words of affirmation guy. Mm-hmm. And so I hurt with words. Yeah. yeah. So we'd be in bed and I'd start fighting. Mm.
0: Yeah. And
3: early on in marriage, you know, you ask earlier something about seven years versus yeah. 32 years. Mm-hmm. At seven years, I still thought we could fight about not having sex. And I still might get lucky that night <laughs> after I hurt her feelings. And so. It
2: took a few years to understand. That was probably not going to happen. Love that. So That's we
3: funny. would fight. I'd say things that would hurt her. She'd just turn yeah. away. Mm. Well, I'd sit there in bed and thump the headboard or shake my feet or, ah, yeah. you know, let her know I'm not done with this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we'd go to bed mad. Yeah. yeah. And then we'd wake up the next morning mad.
0: mad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And,
3: you know, I was always, a, the Bible says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Mm-hmm. So mm. we've got to solve this. Yeah. And uh, Stacy found a verse uh, yeah. in Proverbs that talks about,
2: you know, not, not speaking out in anger, but think about it overnight, remain silent, think about it overnight. And I'm yeah. like, see, there's another way to think about that too. Yeah.
3: And there's so much with that 15 minute rule that when I do that and I don't bring it up that night, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the next morning I'm kind of like, you know, that wasn't that important at all.
0: Yeah. yeah.
3: Or if it is important, I wake up the next morning with it and I say, hey, later today, could we go for a walk? Could we, there's something we need right. to talk about. So we're not yeah. saying yeah. Just suppress conflict. Mm-hmm. Uh, not dealing with conflicts, the number one predictor of divorce. Yeah, yeah. Because we're going to have conflict. Absolutely. Just how do we contain it without shrapnel having to be picked out for three days later?
0: Love it. That's good. That's so good. Well, and, and you touched on the, the, the romance part. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a huge concept in marriage, but a lot of conflict surrounds it. And some of that may be uh, expectations. Some of that could be um there can be a lot of factors. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that I want to just point out is the difference between men and women when it comes to romance. So, really, how far apart are they?
3: Well, you're, I'm chuckling because you're saying romance and I'm saying sex. I know. I was trying to it's be all easy. The same thing, I was but trying really to be not. easy. Yeah. yeah. Sex.
0: But, but how that's, far apart are men and women? Yeah. That's and, one and, of the and, things. And the second part is what brings them together? Okay.
3: That's one of the things that uh, we were joking about that a couple of years ago, getting ready for some teaching we were doing on marriage, I got an invite from Stacy about doing a Bible study and it was, would you do this Bible study with me called improving our sexual intimacy? And I'm like, of course I'll do that. And then I'm like, wait a minute, should I be offended that uh, she's needing me to do something on improving this? And so we did this. It was only four days long, I think. But one of the things that talked about was having that conversation about how romance or expectation is different from men and women. So it led us to asking each other a couple of questions.
2: Right. So it was kind of like, you know, what do you see as romantic Mm -hmm. or, you know, what's important to you? And for us, and we're pretty stereotypical and, and obviously not everybody is that way. But for us, the stereotypical is he's always going to want to have sex more than I do. Mm -hmm. And for most men, they are more visual. They think about it more. I was reading a book in the visual nature of men. Is that what it's called? No, I always get that wrong. Shanti Feldhahn, Through a Man's Eyes. Through a Man's Eyes. Through a Man's Eyes, great book. Um, And especially for women to read, if you want to really understand how a man thinks, read the book. And I was exhausted like three chapters in going, my word, is that really all you think about? I mean, like there's a lot, there's a lot of things I think about in my day that don't have anything to do with that. But, but really and truly, I think men's minds naturally go to that. And we don't, we think about, I think about the shopping list and what I'm going to do and all that. And so we get to the end of the day and he's thought about it all day and I haven't. And
3: so, which is foreign.
2: It is. And so at first he thought something was wrong with me. And I said, no, I think it's it's not, it's, it's, we're very different. And that's one of the things we have to be careful not to attack how we are different, Mm. but just understand we're different. Mm -hmm. So he has to understand, I'm not going to probably think about it as much as he does. Mm -hmm. I have to understand he's going to think about it a lot more than me, but that doesn't mean that there's Mm -hmm. something wrong with him. Um, so for me, um, it's not as important to me. It's probably not ever going to be as important to me as it is to him, but he is important to me. Mm -hmm. Mm And so because he is important to me, I'm going to move that up Mm -hmm. on my to-do list. I'm going to move that up on how much I think about that in a day um, because I want to make sure that he knows that I'm putting importance on that. Because men tend to find, um, feel loved through Mm -hmm. intimacy Mm -hmm. and women have to feel loved before they're intimate. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of feels like this, this moving target mm-hmm. yeah. sometimes. So you kind of have to find a way to both try to speak
3: mm-hmm. into
2: that sexual relationship because the intimacy part is really too important to not, um, to not speak into. And, and honestly, if I'm gonna ask him to guard his eyes and to not look at other women, then honestly, I need him to be able to look at me. Mm-hmm. And so, if I say, "Hey, don't look at anybody else, including me," mm-hmm. that's not really fair. This is the place where yeah. he should be free to do that. That's part of our mm-hmm. our marriage covenant. Mm-hmm. And if I am not putting that as important to him, mm-hmm. then I'm saying, you know, thanks for not looking anywhere else. But I'm also not saying, but yeah. it's, I want you to I want you to be intimate with me or mm-hmm. look at me. Yeah. And so. Um, but I think that's not that's not a natural thing for most women. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: So we kind of have to put some thought into that.
3: Yeah. And a lot of it's just that open communication mm-hmm. of when she would when I ask her what's romantic to you because I may plan this great romantic date, but it's not what's romantic to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And so I need to know what's romantic to you and those things that she would say is well just touches that don't lead anywhere. Right. That but don't have no the expectation. String, yes. no oh, this is going attach. there. Yeah, no, yeah.
2: Just hold my hand because you want to hold my hand. Yeah, or,
3: or sweet text during the day yeah. or just just conversation. Mm-hmm. And so then, if we don't ask what's romantic to me, but we use the terminology, what am I hoping for? Mm-hmm. Well, what I'm hoping for, and she's alluding to this, some, I just said, let me see you naked. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a stop down moment get for it, me but- still. 32 years in. I'm like, she's in the shower. I'll pull up a chair and watch. Right? I love it. I it's love like, it. stop down. My sink is right by our closet and she'll be in the closet undressing or something and I'll be brushing my teeth huh. and she'll look up and I'm just sitting there, you know, looking her up and down and she just finally resigned it. herself to All it. All right. I love yeah. it. Whatever. I, I love but that. early in our marriage, I looked at pornography. I had that issue mm. and I, the Lord healed me from that. But in healing me from that, if I don't have my wife to look at, yeah. if and not in an unhealthy way, but in a God-ordained way, mm. uh, yeah. that's something that's important. Mm-hmm. And uh, so to me, I think it's that open communication mm. of me understanding what's romantic to her, yeah. mm. but her understanding my needs mm-hmm. and, as she said, being able to prioritize those needs. We always say the sexual relationship in a marriage is what, distinguishes it from any other friendship. Yeah, You know, you can have deep friendships and connect on certain levels, but it's that part of your marriage that's different than any other.
1: Hey friends, we hope that this episode is blessing your socks off right now. And we just wanna take an opportunity to talk about partnering together. If Blended Kingdom Families has touched your marriage and touched your blended family in some way, we'd love to partner with you.
0: At Blended Kingdom Families, we're trying to reach as many blended families as possible, and we can do more with your support. So please take an opportunity to visit blendedkingdomfamilies.com and click partner. Hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. What would you say to encourage either New marriages, because uh, that's mm-hmm. a lot of folks that are just getting married. Mm-hmm. But we specifically look at blended families. Mm-hmm. They're really second marriages, sometimes yeah. third marriages. And they're going in that with the same hope that they had in their first right? one. Yeah. They don't want to fail. Mm-hmm. Um, but stats would say there's some, there's some things to work on right there. Yeah. What would you say to encourage them to um, give them any nuggets, pieces of advice, tools that you know of, uh, that would encourage their marriage.
3: I think just the first thing that comes to mind is about the hard work that marriage takes. Mm. You know, we were talking earlier about premarital inventories. Yeah. So when I do premarital inventories with second marriages, mm. I'm I never cease to be amazed. There's some indicators in there of I believe in a there's one person for me, yeah. mm-hmm. or these things that you call idealistic distortion, mm-hmm. the the glasses half full or yeah. half empty, rose-colored glasses, mm-hmm. that even going into these second marriages, mm-hmm. no, there's one person for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, a lot of times I'll deal with going, you more than anyone mm-hmm. know that that's not true, mm-hmm. right? If you're just searching for that right person, yeah. Yeah. But it's whatever marriage it is, first, second, third. Mm-hmm. As we started this, it's going to take hard work. Yeah. yeah. For us, the key, and this is what I would say to any marriage, in Ephesians 5, 21, it says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Yeah. What's going to make your marriage work isn't submitting because of how beautiful she is mm-hmm. or how in love I am with her. What's going to make our marriage work is our reverence for Christ. Oh, that's good. We're going to, in mm-hmm. those tough times, in those days when we're not on the same page, Mm. it's our commitment to Christ that's gonna get us through it. And so build your relationship, not on your kids, not on your love for each other, but build your relationship on your commitment to Christ. And you're still gonna have rough times, you're gonna hit bumps. Expect Uh, that. Expect that, but that's gonna be the thing that's the greatest piece of advice I have.
2: Love that, love that. We are big proponents of marriage, we think it's great. Mm. Um, And when you hit those bumps, just think of it as this is going to help us down the road for it to be better. Mm. And it can be, um, man, it can be great.
0: We were talking last night about conflict in marriage, and Mm -hmm. I made a comment to Vanessa. I said, you know, you, you get to the end or you get, you know, way down the road, 20, 30, 40 years of marriage. I can only imagine the things that you value the most of the stories Mm -hmm. that you create. Mm -hmm. Um, And you know, it's, it's kind of like when you go through the battle together and you're still together at the end, Mm -hmm. then you look into each other's eyes and you're like, this is what we went through. This is how hard we worked to get to where we are. Um, Good times, bad times. I know we're in the the little kid season. (laughs) So we have, uh, we have a lot of little kids and, and, but we're loving that. Um, There are days that are tough. And I know, there are blended families out there that look at their life and they're like, this is mm-hmm. hard. hard. And COVID is hitting, there, there are new challenges, mm-hmm. um, but it's nice to know that there are tools and that there are success stories and, and it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, and
3: I'll tell you, this probably isn't the greatest way to end this, but one of the things as you're talking about in that COVID and mm-hmm. as we talked one time to a class about marriage, it was time we talk about marriage, it gets brought up, well, how often should we be intimate? What's the norm, yeah. right? And you've got all this stress mm-hmm. going on. And typically, stereotypically, it's the ladies saying, man, he just wants that more than me. Yeah. And one of our elders' wives said, Chris, can I say something? And she goes, I said, man, please do. And she goes, you know, y'all are sitting here arguing about this so much. If you would just go ahead and be quiet and have a quickie,
1: Okay.
3: <laughs> you'd already be done with this and you'd be asleep. And yeah. she made this analogy then. She got, I said, number one, I said, I love my church that we can say quickie yeah. in my church. But then she goes, but here's the deal. You Sometimes you want a full course meal, Yeah. but there's other times you just want a bag of chips and there's nothing wrong with a bag of chips. And no. that's given us a, yeah. you know, you talk about the toolbox and yeah. just things we've picked up. That's even given us some language yeah. to, because that would cause stress for us. Yeah.
2: yeah. What are your expectations? Kind of get it on the table. Yes. Sometimes I'm like, how about a bag of chips? Yep.
0: Yeah.
1: I said <laughs> that the other night. Yeah. I said, but I'll give, I'll, I'll give you a side of bean dipper ranch. Yeah. To go along with it. <laughs> just a.
0: Yeah. But well, we had a counselor at one point, and and he was telling us, he said, you know, it's intimacy is like, it's like going to the gym. He's like, you know, you don't want to go, just go in. You know, do the treadmill for five minutes. You'll feel better. You'll
2: be glad you did. You'll, you'll, be, be, glad glad, you you'll <laughs> be glad you yeah. win. That. Right. Uh, yeah. So,
0: and it's important, guys. And, and I think you're right mm-hmm. in the sense of tearing the barriers down to the the fear behind discussing sex oh, is yeah. huge in marriage. Mm-hmm. It's a major source of conflict. And if you can't tear the barriers down, have some humor with it. Humor will always lighten the mood a little bit. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think couples will, will benefit greatly if they...
2: And go after the tools. Find yeah. find yeah. something to make it better. There's there's yes. a lot of things to and do. And we're
3: huge proponents of the blended family and see how that blesses our church. We know those struggles mm. that they've had. We're, our families have uh, blended families mm. on, in them. And we've walked through that, man, we understand those difficulties. So I'm not in any way saying, oh, well, if you just put God first, it's all easier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But for us, that's very practical. If, yeah. if uh, we'll put the work in, mm-hmm. it's going to be, as Stacy said, it's so much worth it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to think that we'd be sitting here 32 years into our marriage even talking about marriage, mm-hmm. is it blows us away that God would use that. Yeah. Yeah. Because our marriage was not I mean, we would have told you were so dysfunctional, mm. even to the point the guy we went to for marriage counseling years later was my daughter's Bible teacher at school. <laughs> and one night a couple was coming over and we told the kids they had to go upstairs because we were doing some counseling. And our daughter goes, they're coming to talk to y'all about marriage? And I said, yes. And she goes, didn't y'all have to go to fill in the blank to mm-hmm. her teacher for help? And we went... Yes, we did. She goes, yeah. and so now y'all can help people. But that's how God. That's how God works. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And uh, there's families that you're going through things right now. God will use that to bless somebody else. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. If you just dig in, uh, focus on your relationship with Christ, your relationship with each other, uh, out of that, and then just sit back and be amazed at how good God is.
0: Yeah. So Love it. Good. Love it. Guys, thank you all so much. Yes, thank you. Mm. Thanks for having us. Amazing time, amazing uh, nuggets of information, and we're just so blessed that you guys chose to be here with us. So. Yes, thank, thank you, you, thank you. Guys, hope you've enjoyed this, and special thanks to Chris and Stacy for being with us today. You guys have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your week.
1: Be blessed in all that you do. BKF community we want to hear from you guys if you would take the time to leave us a review and you can find us on all social media platforms our podcast is like on every podcast platform and you can visit us at our website at www.blendedkingdomfamilies.com
0: yeah guys we're trying to reach every blended family all over the world and we can't do this without your partnership so please take a minute like share comment review tell your friends Tell them you can all go to blendedkingdomfamilies.com for great resources.